Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we've got Season 3, Episode 17, The Game is Chicken. Mary, what happened this week? Andrea is in hypnotherapy to try to remember more about the car that gave her bunions. I mean, broke both her legs. (laughs) Thank you, Kimberly, for that fact. Steve gets to detention late and sits on a snack cake the kid who sits behind him put on his chair. The prank was inspired by an old episode of The Hartley House, that show, or that TV show Steve's mom was on. The prankster is Wardlow, but later we learn his first name is Joe. Wardlow decides messing with Steve is his new favorite thing and puts eggs on top of and chickens in Steve's car. Wardlow kind of looks like Chick from Riverdale, but like Betty from Riverdale, he knows things about cars. Steve and Wardlow realize they have a thing in common, and Wardlow invites Steve to a race with cars. I can't remember why exactly, but Brandon goes too. Wardlow asks Steve to lend him $100 to bet on a race. Steve doesn't really want to, but Brandon throws in $40 and gets Steve to put in the remaining $60. Brandon clearly wasn't listening to Jim talk to his client about accounting things like risk and return and get rich quick is a lie. Wardlow wins the race, and then everybody drives away really fast so the cops don't catch them doing illegal shit, like racing cars when the speed limit is like 40, and also gambling. (laughs) Brandon and Steve go do another dumb race car thing, against Dylan and Steve's better judgment. As the other cars arrive, a silver muscle car with a weird hood thing pulls up, and oh hey, is that the car that ran over Andrea? It sure is. Brandon realizes... Frank Padilla, a 30-something-year-old who hangs out with teenagers, uh, hit his friend with a car and didn't stop. He tells Steve about the criminal in their midst, and Steve sends Brandon to try to save the day. Steve stalls the race for as long as he can, but Frank Padilla says mean things about his mom, so they decide to play chicken, because if you can't solve your problems with words, you can always drive two cards towards each other very fast to prove you're brave. Dylan swoops in at the last second to save the day, driving his portion between the two cars and forcing them to stop. Then Brandon rolls up with the cops and Andrea, who identifies the man who hit her with his car. They all go to the peach pit where they run into Brenda and Kelly, who I'll get to in a second. David, in an effort to graduate with his friends, is taking three science classes in one semester. He really needs to spend his time studying, but doesn't want to give up his glamorous school DJing gig. As he rants about his problems, Donna cues up the next song for the school radio, and David is impressed. He teaches Donna how to do the job and lets her take over, but gets all control freaky when Donna doesn't talk about things he would talk about on the show. Dylan doesn't want to choose between Brenda and Kelly. Brandon tells Dylan he should date both of them, and I agree. (laughs) Cindy... Cindy sets up Kelly and Brenda with some Princeton boys she knows from her tennis partner's other tennis partner. The girls are hesitant, but eventually agree. They sure are surprised when the Princeton boys turn out to be the Princeton school boys, who are Seth Green and an actor I don't recognize. Sorry, Vidal Peterson. I don't know. I just don't know who you are. (laughs) The boys, who do have names, Wayne and Adam, take Kelly and Brenda to an arcade and ignore them to play an an X-Men game that honestly looks pretty fun. Kelly and Brenda are mourning the loss of their fun evening when they see a game they both think they are the best at. 
The girls decide to play and win all the tickets. They make the boys carry their prizes while they take photos together in the photo booth. We honestly need more Brenda Kelly friendship time because they are adorable. Instead, we get them putting their photo booth photos on Dylan's locker to remind him he still has to choose one of them. But, like, I think one of my favorite scenes in this episode is when they're sitting in the kitchen. Maybe it's right before... Uh, they get set up with the Princeton boys and they're like, if it were up to him, he'd have us both. And then Cindy's like, what happens when he makes up his mind? Like, yeah, guys, just go date each other. Yeah. We've said it before and we'll say it again. This show needs lesbians. The show needs lesbians. It really does. The game is chicken. And... This show, this episode, doesn't tell you what that is until, like, one of the, like, back half of, or part of the back half of the episode. Although you think (laughs) there's a part with chickens, you're like, oh, okay. So it's, like, all about this guy pranking Steve. No, no, it's much more than that. I know. When he put the chickens in the car, like, I think, like, 15 minutes later, it was like, they haven't really mentioned chickens. Oh, it was car chickens. Mm-hmm. That was the because I got distracted with the the car chickens because he put <laughs> eggs on Steve's car, and I was like, "Does he know about the drugs?" Oh, I didn't even think about that. I didn't, I honestly didn't. I totally forgot that was a thing. He could get into twelve parties with those eggs. That's right. Well, <laughs> Steve couldn't. Right. <laughs> Someone else could. <laughs> Man, I miss Emily Valentine. She, you know, you know, she just like she stirred the pot. She made things interesting. But okay, we start. <laughs> what we think we start in is shop class, but it's the auto garage for shop class, I guess, or whatever. But actually, it's Steve's morning detention. Yes, this is his morning detention, and soon he will have his afternoon detention. But uh, yeah, so in this auto shop detention in the morning, he is sitting in front of this guy, um, who I don't think we learn his name immediately, but he starts like kind of ragging on him because of the Hartley house, and which we know is his mom's show. And he starts talking about this one episode in particular about, hey, did you see that one where... Uh, there's a brownie and it's placed on the seat and the guy sits in it. Man, it still makes me laugh. And then Steve's like, oh, did you put a brownie in? And sure enough, there's brownie on his pants. Which, like, I would fall for this shit. Because it's like, why is this man talking about the Hartley house? And then Steve stood up and I was like, oh. Yep. I get Also, what was with this guy and being like, I'm going to pull some 20-year-old sitcom pranks? (laughs) Like, Why? It was, like, a really weird um, pickup line, you know? Like, he had to walk around the block a few times to eventually get there. But he could have just said, hey, man, I race cars. Do you like cars? (laughs) I also need money. You have money. Let's go race cars, and you give me money, and then you win money. But the way you tell people you like them is by being a dick to them. Right. I mean, let's be honest. I... I feel really bad dragging Brandon like five minutes into this, but like, who do we know that wrote the nagging handbook? It's true. I do believe the author was Brandon Walsh. 
Brandon? Do you really think you could get into Harvard? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, it's, I feel like it's unfair because, well, no, it's not. Because I feel like the next scene we have is Brandon and Andrea walking down the hallway and she's talking about her hypnotherapy and how it's making her remember all of this stuff. And he's just kind of like giving her grief for hypnotherapy when she was like, I was hit by a car. Yeah, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would feel a little insecure and, like, you know, not sure if I should tell anyone for fear that they'd judge me or, like, all sound silly or whatever. But, like, it basically confirmed probably what she was feeling, which was insecure and worried about telling somebody because it's not normal or it's not, like, a typical way to get therapy because it's hypnotherapy. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, she's really just trying to do it to remember what happened in the accident. Which, I mean, totally makes sense because she got hit and knocked mm-hmm. out and i mean like brandon apologizes for it later after she yells at him that's true but yeah i was just like it it feels very on brand for him to be like oh hypnotherapy uh-huh. i don't know i forget what he said he he said something yeah i didn't write it down very typical of like the the kind of like that holistic medicine or you know stuff like that i can't remember what he said but i was just thinking like Oh, he asked her if, he, if Andrea's going all new age on him or something. That's what that it was. was it. Yeah. Which that yeah. I can see, like, somebody being like, oh, you know, that's kind of, that's not my style. But, yeah. Which, like, I could never imagine Andrea going new wave. True. Just, like. She likes she the rules to get a smoothie. Too much. She goes to the sound bath. Yeah, right. <laughs> she joins she, she joins a- that girl that was like the masseuse. She the moves older to a lady. yurt. Yeah, full body wraps and mind gyms. Yes. Yeah, and juice. Mind gyms. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, I'd be in it for the juice. Mm-hmm. But I'm honestly a little surprised they're trying to keep up with this story. Um, just because we did find out that um Gabrielle Carteris, like had to quote unquote get hit by a car because she had to be out for a little bit. So I typically that would just be like a throwaway story or mm-hmm. we don't bring it up again. But like, yeah, this is like actually like part of the main storyline for these like last several episodes. I fully expected to never find out who hit her with a car. Yeah, I know. Totally. As honestly, as soon as they brought it up this time and how she was doing this hypnotherapy, I was like, she's gonna figure it out. Like, I was like, I know right now that Andrea is going to figure it out and it's going to be in this episode and she's going to drag this person for hitting her. And then it was the drag race and I was like, how do I make this into a joke? (laughs) I I mean, let's be real. If this had happened to literally anyone else, we would like they wouldn't have found out who did it. But because it's Andrea, like, absolutely. Yeah. No, I honestly at first when we learned that she got hit by a car because she had to have surgery. I was like, that's kind of a dick thing to do. Like, oh, you broke your foot? We're going to hit you with a car. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm like, oh, my gosh. She, like, they turned this into a story for her. Right. Like, she has been investigating this. She has been talking to the police. She's been doing hypnotherapy to try and remember what happened while she was, on, like, getting knocked unconscious. hmm Like, I am much more on board with this story now. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I love, again, that it kind of happened to her because she's the only one that would actually go through with it and try to figure out who did it. And then, like, you know, literally skipping to the very end, I love that, you know, 
in the scene that we just talked about, she was like, oh, I remember seeing stars. And then Brandon was like, oh, you mean stars like when a cartoon character gets hit on the head? And she's like, no, you jackass. (laughs) Actual stars. But at the end of the episode when they're at the race and he sees the stars and he, he and Steve are like, we have to do something about this. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly Steve. But Brandon too. Yeah. I mean, they both jumped at like, like, let's like, oh my God, we know what this is. But no. No, it just made me so happy that Steve was like, I will stall these people. And then was like, tell me about the air filters on this Mustang. (laughs) Well, I haven't seen the engine yet. Show me. (laughs) But yeah, I know Steve. Steve was the best part of this episode. He's been the best part of a lot of episodes. He was Santa last episode. So Steve watched 2020. Still good. (laughs) Still good. He just needs a girl. He needs love. Oh my god! You know what he should have been? Uh, what is it? it? What do they call it in New Girl when Schmidt's like sexy Santa? Oh gosh, I don't remember. Yeah, when he's he every year for the Astrak Christmas party, he has to be Santa. But since he's the only man that works in the office, he's sexy Santa. So he just wears like collars, a hat, and pants. <laughs> That's right. And that's it. And like somebody brings a child and they're like, I can't let my child sit on Santa's lap. Like, Steve should have been sexy Santa. He totally should have. I would have been all for it. <laughs> Miss Teasley, can I borrow this costume for later? Yeah, no no reason. <laughs> Just for ladies. You know what? I only need the pants <laughs> and the beard. You can keep everything else. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> But yeah, so then it's we're still at like in the hallway in Andrea's office and we go to the radio booth or whatever. And David, we learn, is apparently taking three science classes to keep up with the pace of being able to graduate by June, which is crazy because like just thinking logically, not trying to criticize the way that they wrote this, but like that would mean three different semesters of science in one because like i don't know about you guys but we only took like one science class a semester in high school we only we only had to take three science classes over the four years all that to say like (laughs) if we took all these sciences in like you know what like over the course of four years he's taking them yeah in one semester that's crazy Well, and this just goes back to, like, we have seen him talk about wanting to graduate early and taking summer classes and stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, like, I feel like you should have taken science instead of theater. Right. Right. Over the summer and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless that was an elective, which, anyway, I don't want to figure out David's schedule. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I feel, I as a high schooler, I spent a lot of my time working out my schedule to figure out what would be the easiest way for me to graduate in four yeah. years. Yeah. David did not take the same path as me. No, he certainly did it. But you know what? He was distracted by trying to be a good DJ, which I think is what shocked him when he's talking about physics and Donna is just like, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. She waves DJing. her hand basically and is like, um, yeah, I queued up the next song. You just hit a button. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I watch you do this. It's literally hit that button. Yep. But then, like, literally when it was happening, though, I was like, oh, please, please let Donna do this. Please let Donna do this. Like, I was getting really excited about that. Yeah. No, I wrote that down. I was like, Donna is about to take over as DJ, and I cannot wait. But then Mm -hmm. was it 
back when before David got the DJ job, and I think this was in like season one, didn't Donna try to get it and do horribly? I think so. I think yeah. so. Because I didn't realize that until she was supposed to do her little DJ intro and take over, and she was just like, I'm Donna. D- 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 Donna. <laughs> yeah, that was that was all she said. I was like, Donna, are you trying to say your last name too? Like, what what's happening? I forgot my name. <laughs> oh, but she, and then she recovered so beautifully. Also, when she like panics and then she pushes the mic away and then David brings it back to her, I was like, everyone can hear every single thing you're saying. Yeah, just because like, you push a microwave, microwave. <laughs> <laughs> just because you push a microphone away doesn't mean it. The sound just disappears. I know. I was like, I appreciate this, like, scene. It's really adorable. But all mm-hmm. I could think of was people standing in the hallway being like, this is weird. Yeah. Like, I'm not on board for this. I did love, however, and I'm sure you guys noticed it, her little, like, jacket with all the her CDs CD jacket. It. <laughs> it was so good. Donna Martin knows how to dress. Well, and she knows when it's appropriate to dress for the occasion. <laughs> And, like, what better time to wear this jacket than when you're having to guest DJ? I feel like Donna would absolutely be the person that has a spreadsheet that lists all of the different things she has in her closet, where it's hanging, and, like, what outfits it's perfect for. And I think, like, she bought this jacket with the idea of, like, I will wear this jacket either when David signs a record contract or I become a DJ. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she's only she may only have two occasions for any given outfit, but she's got it recorded. But that's like remember when we had a fling in Palm Springs and she was like, "Well, I don't know what outfit I'm gonna need for which boys I'm gonna meet." Like this girl is ready. Oh yeah, she's got it all planned out. I love her. It was really cute though. Like when she does recover and like she looks in the CD, like she's like, "And the next song is," and then she's given the CD upside down. She just looks in it. She's like, "Where?" does the makeup go (laughs) but like she's not wrong yeah because she's like what does she say she says something like you put it on in the morning and then by the next hour it's gone or something like that yeah I didn't actually like write anything that she was saying because I was entranced by her and so were the other folks because then even Kelly and Brenda walk by and look in the window and they're all like great job good job super supportive they're so cute I love female friendships but I mean like I was thinking about it I don't listen to the radio because I mean especially right now I'm not driving anywhere Mm -hmm. Uh, but when I used to actually commute in the mornings and I would listen to the radio shows like that's the kind of stuff I wanted to hear I enjoyed hearing just like chit chat yeah I think that's what radio shows have learned over the years probably is that like Especially, like, morning shows, I feel like. Because in the morning, like, yeah, you want to hear songs and stuff. But then when the uh, DJs come on, you just want to hear just, like, what's going on and, like, what's a fun topic. And sometimes you do prank shows and, you know, whatever else. It's like you just want to hear people talking about stuff. No. Do you think morning talk show radio learned all of this from Donna? I think they were influenced by Donna. Well, Donna is an influencer. Yeah. I'm willing to give her credit for it. 
But for real, though, in 2020, if 90210 took place in 2020, Donna would absolutely be a social media influencer. Oh, like, absolutely. No doubt. No like, doubt. she would be just walking down the hall Instagramming live. Yes. Like, her outfits, like, the, the hashtag that's, like, outfit of the day or whatever it is. Outfit of the day, face of the day. She would totally, like, have a zillion followers. Oh, yeah. I'd follow her. I would, too. Speaking of Kelly and Brenda... They have, like, given Dylan this ultimatum, and he feels trapped by it. Yes. And is just, like, literally hiding from them. He's at his locker, and he sees them and just, like, opens the door and hides behind it. (laughs) Which was cute. I actually thought that was cute. No, that whole scene. Yeah, that whole scene, it was just so funny because it's just, like, first of all, the fact that he's even listening to them, like – give this ultimatum is kind of an interesting thought, right? Like, cause you would think just, and this is a complete generalization about men, but you would think he would be like, well, why don't we like all date and literally what Brandon's been telling him and like have a timeshare, which also like, I know it's kind of a um, pig like thing to say, like have a timeshare, but it's also hilarious because I think Brenda and Kelly would be down for it. Right. That's like, Honestly, it's kind of what we've been saying. Yeah. We're like, y'all just go date each other for like six hours and then Brenda gets him tonight and then Kelly gets him tomorrow and you can have a successful throuple as long as you're open. That's the thing. It's like normally that might be looked at as like gross or whatever, but if everyone's cool with it, no, why I wrote not? down like I wrote down I was like even Brandon mentions it and I feel like when Brandon and I agree, that's a thing. Like, that means it should happen. Right. Right. Yeah, especially because we don't agree with Brandon most of all. So when it does happen, it's like, hey, this is probably actually a good thing. Oh, but then – and then, like, Steve comes out of detention and him Mm -hmm. and Brandon and Dylan are all just, like, hanging out being all cutesy little frandy. This was actually, like, a really good – like, a good walk and talk and then a really good – what's the word I'm looking for? Transition. Because they they have Brandon and Dylan coming out of the school and – that's when he makes the timeshare comment. And then we have Steve come out with Joe, I think, or no, does he just, it is with him. Yeah. And then he walks away, but then Steve catches up with Brandon and Dylan. So it's just, it was a really, really actually smooth, like walk and talk transition kind of thing that I I liked. It was done very well from a technical film standpoint. (laughs) Well, and like they they even, like, switched the conversation with such ease. Like, he walks yes. out and they were like, oh, my God, they got you in detention with the lifers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just like, felt very natural. No. Honestly, this entire episode, I think my favorite part of it is all of these little, like, friend moments. hmm Because I feel like I'm just constantly starved for them. And maybe that's just because we're not binging the show. We're actually watching it kind of an episode a week. That's true. And I'm just like, give it I, – I want more of it. Well, that and two, I think we have been focusing so much on the relationships of like romantically. And so it's nice to just kind of see everyone chilling. Like we even get a scene with Donna and Dylan, which I don't know if we've ever gotten a scene with them, just them on uh, one on one. No, I wrote that down. I was like, honestly, Donna and Dylan, like, I'm cool with this pairing. Let's do that more often. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I totally agree. This was definitely focused on the friend groups and how each one of them is friends with each other I appreciated it yeah because I mean even when they talk about romantic relationships 
you know, with Donna, not Donna, <laughs> Dylan, Brenda, and Kelly, it's more the idea that they're not in a relationship. And maybe they shouldn't be. Right. Right. I mean, I at some point he's going to choose and it's going to make me very angry because we're going to lose all of this. I know. But these two wonderful female friends go home to eat a giant chocolate cake with Cindy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we find out that Cindy has another hobby. I know. Tennis. Well, we haven't seen anything else. I am so glad they mentioned that she kind of has friends. <laughs> right? I've been worried about her. <laughs> I know. I was like, what happened to Anna? You just... Uh. I like, it's very, it feels very like she does get pushed off screens while everyone leaves for the day and Cindy just like sits in the kitchen and is like, eight hours till they come home. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember, um, I know you guys do because we talked about this recently, but the guy in Parks and Rec, the um, councilman. Yes. Who just sits there. <laughs> he stares like at the wall. That's what I imagine Cindy does all day. <laughs> just waiting for her time to interact with the twins. That's what she does after she sorts all of the recycling. Right. She crushes her can with her cr can crusher and then goes she's, and sits down. She crushes the one Diet Coke Brenda had with dinner last night and she's just like, check. Yeah. Productive day. <laughs> what do I do with the rest of my time? Uh, well, that took three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she plays tennis and the people, the other women that she date the other women that she plays tennis oh my god what if cindy just has another life as a lesbian during the day <laughs> she got really into can crushing and all of a sudden she has these amazing shoulders <laughs> so she starts going to the gym which is where she meets just a bunch of lesbians who work out in the middle of the day and yeah. that's just what she does i mean she's in a lesbian thruple because yes. her tennis partner has her other tennis partner. They're all tennis partners. I can just imagine, because Cindy wears a lot of things with shoulder pads. What if those are just her shoulders? <laughs> she hasn't worn shoulder pads in six months. Yeah. Jim has not noticed. <laughs> well, Jim's too busy on the phone talking about get-rich-quick schemes. Is he an accountant or a financial planner? I wrote that down. I was like... Whoever writes the lines for Jim is not an accountant. <laughs> yeah. They're like accounting jargon. Money. <laughs> Risk. Return. <laughs> Which, like, those are financial terms, but, like, if he's a tax accountant, he would literally never pay attention to that. He'd be telling them how to defer their tax losses and uh, tax shelters and... Ireland. <laughs> I'm not a tax accountant. I'm sorry. <laughs> really? But like, <laughs> you would have had no idea. I said are you the word telling tax. me? Are you telling me in accountant school you didn't learn that get rich quick is a lie? I don't know because getting rich quick sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> oh my god! Also, when Brandon comes in, is like, can I have new skis? What about yeah. boots? Poles. Poles, Dad. Poles. <laughs> Why skis? It's all about the poles. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because that's the thing. Like, didn't they just have an episode where they talked about, or like Don and David came back 
because there wasn't snow or something. Maybe that's why he had it on the brain. But my first thought was like, isn't that how Bobby got paralyzed? Oh, yeah. True. Brandon is not skiing. Fun Bobby does not go skiing anymore. Like, it's just like, why is Brandon not like, I really need a leather steering wheel cover, Dad. Or like dice to hang in the mirror. I do think Brandon's a dice man. (laughs) He's too eager to throw his money at gambling things. Oh, yeah. This is definitely going to be a thing. Like, I I just loved... I love every time he was talking about the gambling, he would pick, like, a very small amount. He's like, oh, $100? I'll do less than half of that. (laughs) That's true. Steve, here's $40. Put in the other half. (laughs) And then, yeah, the next time he's like, $1,500? I'm in for $200. (laughs) Because Steve was even like, wait, I failed math. What? (laughs) Yeah, it's like. Brandon's just getting started gambling, and so I think he's learning that, like, we'll say hi, but I'll really go low. Well, and, like, the whole get-rich-quick scheme, the, like, escalation of things, like, you could see it in Brandon. Like, he was like, oh, 40 bucks, it's nothing. Oh, 200 bucks, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. I already made 80, so it's only, like, it's 120. That's right, yeah. It's not how math works. Mm -mm. But, no, like, you could see it escalating now and then when that was happening I started thinking like you know why this is gonna blow up with them because they're not getting a girl's advice on it because they got Donna's advice with the stock market and made money and as soon as they stopped listening to her they lost their money that's true Steve lost his money in a shoe factory fire yeah (laughs) forgot about that and then Brandon and Steve took Andrea to the racetrack because she kept picking the horses and then they made all that money because she was like, no, 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 no. I know what I'm doing. You have to listen to me. They didn't bring a girl this time. And you know, it's not going to end well. Steve almost went on a head on collision with a 30 year old. Oof. Who hangs out with teenagers? Don't trust that man. But meanwhile, while Brandon is talking about skis, and because we skipped right over it, but basically Donna and Kelly, not Donna, we've done this already. Um, Brenda and Kelly are talking with Cindy about Cindy's tennis partner and her tennis partner about Princeton boys. And obviously Brenda and um, Kelly, because not Donna, she's not there. They like perk up at that fact. And it's hilarious because like Cindy basically suggests like, hey, I'm going to set you up with these college boys because, you know, Cindy's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. I mean, have you seen her shoulders? Exactly. And so they get all excited and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be a great idea, Um, which I do too. I mean, they need to get Dylan off the brain, you know? I I wrote it as like they need to do like a juice cleanse kind of a thing. Like they need a boy cleanse. They need not the bad boy. They need like Princeton guys. Although – I didn't, you know, really put it together, but I was like, I know it's still early January, but shouldn't these guys be at Princeton? I had a slight fleeting thought about that, but then was just like, eh, it's TV. They'll figure it out. I know. I was like, college doesn't matter. Who the hell knows? Right. But then also Kelly's a little apprehensive about it because it's a blind double date, not just a normal double date. And she's kind of wavering, but Brenda convinces her to do it. Which, I mean, was adorable. 
And yeah. I love them so much. And technically, Donna does come over later. I think she's mad at David for some reason. She's like, do your plans have a friend? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Donna's adorable. I know. And David doesn't deserve her. He's got to step it up. I'll be honest. Like, I know he's really stressed because he's trying to graduate on time. Well, early really? for him, on time for Donna. But he's not been super redeeming lately. Well, and that's, like, I get he's really passionate about his music career and, like, the DJ thing is his thing. And he's, I've, like, just had this issue at work where it's, like, you have control over something because you've made it into something that you want it to be. And, like, you think that you know it best and, therefore, you are hesitant to let anybody else have it even if it's to help you. Mm -hmm. And so I totally get it. Like, I'm literally experiencing this in my real life right now. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, they're trying to have these open conversations of like, I think I did really good at this. I think I can do this to help you. And he's just like, but let's go over what I want you to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little too control freaky, like I think Mary mentioned in the synopsis. And it's just it, which I get it. Right. Like you said, you take ownership of something and you find something you're really passionate of and you know that you can do a really good job because that's like you trust yourself more than anybody else. But you know, this is where if you're going to let Donna be a guest star or a guest host or whatever it's called, then you got to loosen the reins a little bit and see if she can do it herself. Because otherwise, like, it's just going to be a repeat of what David does at best. And at worst, it's a complete train wreck, but he looks like the idiot. So yeah. And the biggest thing there is really that like, it's going to hurt your personal relationship if you're so controlling of your professional relationship. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, you know, expect teenagers to know these things. Oh, no. Yeah. But well, it's funny I'm, because this I'm just thinking about what David becomes like in the later seasons and like what I'm not going to say anything, obviously, but like what his profession ends up being and just how his personal relationships are affected by it. And he definitely like he has these moments of needing to learn those lessons. Right. Like and so it's good that he's probably exposed to things like this now because he definitely has those issues later on. So foreshadowing. I just I had this thought. I was like, it's not funny. Like, it's really not funny. But it'd be a little bit funny if he actually became an accountant <laughs> and then just became like Jim where he sits in his room with his little headphones on playing his own keyboard. And Donna's just like, that's just David. He's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's his passion. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's a little teeny bit funny. I will tell you, he does not become an accountant. This show only has room for one accountant, apparently. And it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we don't know what Jim is. I don't believe he's an accountant. Yeah, he's in the financial world that sometimes requires him to travel to back to Minnesota and get big raises and be able to turn down promotions and... Sometimes help certain accounts, but then also be on the phone with somebody after hours to talk about their financial planning. So who knows? And also control Dylan's money. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, he controls trusts, too. I just I really wish they would just accept it. And then every time Jim has to introduce himself and his profession, he just says, Jim Walsh, business. <laughs> or just like, <laughs> I'm in the business of money. <laughs> I'm in the business of making money. For That's you, right. would you like my card? <laughs> and his, his card just says Jim Walsh, money man <laughs> <laughs> it 
it's it's not even money man it's just dollar signs yeah <laughs> no it's just jim walsh and the s is a dollar sign oh that's perfect <laughs> i love that <laughs> oh gosh but okay then we get to the chickens not the game is chicken, but the chickens, because Steve has chickens in his car, eggs on top of his car. And for the longest time, I thought Joe's last name was Whitlow. So I kept calling him Whitlow. It's not. It's like Wardlow or something. <laughs> like, I can't even say it. Wardlow. <laughs> yeah. I but anyway, he I was like, why is he still messing with Steve? This has not been made clear to us, like why he's just bullying Steve. And he keeps talking about the Hartley house. So I'm like, okay, that's, I guess, why he's making fun of Steve. But then I guess he realizes, like, maybe the chicken thing was a little too far. So he offers to, like, help Steve clean it up when really it sounds like this was just part of his elaborate plan to come get Steve to see his car. Yeah. It. So, I don't know. I have some, such a hard time keeping this plot together, even though I also think I totally have the plot. Like. <laughs> So Dylan says that Wardlow is (laughs) scamming them so that he's going to make them win big with, like, one race, and then he's going to blow it and cost them all this money, and then he'll get a cut of all of that. And that's why he's been negging them to get them really interested in him. But then there's, like, this other part of me that I think is subconsciously like, no, this man just wants to be Steve's friend. Yeah, like, maybe he's just not great at – meeting people and he just just weird yeah like he just thought steve was cool and wanted to be friends with him so all i could think of to do was just this really roundabout way to get to know him but anyway dylan did say that wardlow like had been in detention since freshman year so maybe this is just his first opportunity to make a new friend in a really long time. That's a yeah. good point. What if he's like, how do I make friends? I'm going to give him this cupcake. And then like he just doesn't know how to give him the cupcake. So he just <laughs> puts it on Steve's butt. <laughs> <laughs> I got this present for you. Wait, how do I give this present to you? Ah, your seat. <laughs> Wardlow like- might be an alien. <laughs> Oh, my God. That would be the greatest unveiling if this was actually, like, a sci-fi paranormal show of just, like, why would this man put a hostess cupcake on my chair? And then we find out that he's an (laughs) alien that, like, eats through his butt. (laughs) But what would explain the chickens? He just really likes chickens. (laughs) He's like, Steve, I want to teach you a lesson. I don't know if you know this on your earth, but eggs come from chickens. He somehow, okay, so he comes to earth and he wants to be friends with Steve. That's why he knows everything about the Hartley house. He's been doing his research. He, The Hartley house has made it to his planet. Spaceship. His spaceship. And that's why he's like, I have to come to Earth and I have to understand this family dynamic. And then he realizes that it's fake. It's not a documentary. It's very Galaxy (laughs) Quest in this moment. But he learns that Samantha Sanders has a son and he's like, okay, I need to meet this family. So he tries the cupcake thing from the Hartley house. That doesn't work. But he's been doing research on Steve. So he knows about euphoria and the eggs. And so, yeah, he's like, I'm going to get Steve into a dozen clubs. Here are these. And then I have to make sure he has a continuously good time. So I'm also going to give him seven chickens. 
But also, the real kicker is that he learns by observing Steve that he loves his car more than anything. It's his vet. He even says vet again in this episode, which I don't think he said since the pilot. But so the goal is get Steve with the vet to like my car. And then we're instant friends. Which explains why his car is giant and has nothing in it but Nos. <laughs> yeah. Those were actually his car chickens he wanted to share with Steve. His car just <laughs> his car his just smells car like chickens. chickens. Yeah. He's got names for all the chickens and he's like, Wait guys, I'll, here I'll help you clean it up, guys. Get back in the car. <laughs> Vanessa <laughs> yeah. Come back to me. <laughs> what was it in Bless This Mess? It was Priyanka. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bless his mess. R.I.P. I know. I loved it. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So I love this theory more than anything. <laughs> Wardlow's my new favorite character. Yeah. We need more of Wardlow. <laughs> no, I have so many theories because right after this, when you see the NOS in the trunk, I was like, well, this basically confirms that the Fast and the Furious is a 90210 spinoff. It definitely is. I mean, you got, they all look like they could have been in high school. I can't, I it, can't even. It happens in LA. Yes. They're, um, I can make more connections. Um, one of Paul them Walker named, kind of looked like Steve. I tried so hard. I went through like the writers, the producers, the directors of the Fast and the Furious to try and connect it. Oh and be gosh. like, how can I bring it back? And yeah, all I got was Paul Walker's name is Brian, and Brian starts with B. <laughs> it all connects. <laughs> we're just gonna y'all. we're just gonna find you one day when we ever get out of this quarantine, and you're just gonna have the red strings pointing to all the ways that Beverly Hills 90210 connects with all the Fast and Furious movies. I'm telling you, like, if one day John's going to call you out and be like, I need help. You need to come gonna... get her. <laughs> I'm just going to be in the bedroom, red string everyone and be like, don't touch that. <laughs> That's for the eggs. <laughs> That's why you wouldn't let me use your yarn the other day to help you hang the signs. Because <laughs> it was all I on your it. board. <laughs> yes, this is actually already started. You just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, also hilariously this was like to me the funniest part was when steve decides to bring brandon along and then brandon gets out of the car and he's like freaking out he is like like he is on cocaine or something because he's like so excited about the cars and they're racing and the money there's gambling guys do you know what's happening (laughs) he's so excited steve saw wardlow's nos and got real excited about it and put it in his car. But Brandon doesn't know how NOS works and was just like huffing. Yes, <laughs> that makes so much more sense because he was so excited. <laughs> Although, fun fact, Jason Priestley did race cars while he was on this show. Yeah, another, eh, I wouldn't call it fun fact, but sad <laughs> fact. He got in a really dangerous accident. Like, I don't remember when, but... Because he, yeah, his one of his hobbies was like racing cars and stuff. And I actually think this may have been a motorcycle accident, or maybe it was a car accident. But he got in a really serious car accident, like, like had some bleeding in the brain and like 
bad, bad stuff. Like he was almost paralyzed and stuff. Oh my god! Damn, I know it's horrible. I'm sorry to bring it down, but yeah, he got in a really. I don't remember when it was. I can't remember if it was while nine hundred two and was happening or if it was later. But I, I do remember like, him getting in a really bad accident. Like knowing literally nothing about this story, I almost feel like it has to have happened later because they were on such a insane shooting schedule like you think about doing 30 episodes of a show in a year when do you have time to get into a car accident and be in the hospital like it's true literally they made up being in a car accident and being in the hospital to keep andrea on the show mm-hmm. maybe it was afterwards then 2002 okay yeah so, so it was yeah just about right after, after. Mm-hmm. right after fast and the furious came out uh-oh was he a stunt double oh my god this is how it connects. We can't talk about the Fast and the Furious and bad <laughs> car accidents. True. Not ready. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so Brandon gets really excited about the gambling. And that's when we get the whole, well, I'll put 40 in. Steve, you put the rest in. Um, and then the actual race happens. And it actually looked pretty fun. Um, not that I would condone dangerous car racing and gambling. But it actually looked pretty fun. I think because Steve and Brandon were so excited. So, and then they well, win. So Brandon gets his money. Well, and I thought it was interesting because you see him get all excited about the racing and everything. And I know Brandon's really into cars, but I could also just think about him, you know, getting into his DUI and getting into an accident. And like, I would be terrified of fast. I am terrified of fast cars. That has nothing oh, to yeah. do with thing. I do not like fast cars. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I was thinking about that. And then I was also thinking about Footloose. Because mm-hmm. when you're thinking of chicken, why would you not think of Footloose? Well, and when later on, when um, – what is his name? Frank Padilla, when he shows up, he was giving me major, like, Kanicki or the evil guy from Greece vibes because they do that race as uh, well. And uh, he was giving me – because he just kind of looked like a greaser a little bit. But, yeah, definitely Footloose and definitely Grease. Yeah, because I – kind of started thinking about uh, like other shows that have done yeah this like racing and chicken thing and Mm -hmm. I did I did not think of Greece which is a little embarrassing I did think of Degrassi (laughs) I thought of Riverdale (laughs) I mean I thought like Riverdale totally makes sense but I went to Degrassi because it was the episode where Sean comes back Oh, yeah, and Peter. Oh, my mm. God. Because doesn't Peter end up wrecking his car in a race, too? Or, like, trying to get um, away from it? I think he just got in He's trouble just... and got his car taken away. That I think you're right. So many ways. So many places to go. Amazing car races. Caitlin goes to Greece. I go to Degrassi. <laughs> that sounds bad. Mary right. goes to Riverdale because she always goes to Riverdale. <laughs> I mean. I can't stop finding parallels. (laughs) I mean, really and truly, Riverdale, out of all the shows that we've referenced, probably has the closest valid reason for being a spinoff because of Luke Perry. Like, he could grow up to be Fred Andrews. Well, and like, there's just so many other things. I mean, Betty and Veronica are a brunette and a blonde that are friends. Brenda Mm -hmm. and Kelly. Yep. You've got a bunch of parents that are terrible people. <laughs> one one that has problems with drugs and alcohol, much like Kelly's mom. Mm-hmm. One that does illegal things, like Dylan's mom. 
dad. <laughs> yeah. Maybe mom too. We don't know yet. Yeah, Hiram and Jack McKay are little parallels. Um then you've got uh Archie's parents who are very clearly the Walshes. Yeah. But divorced Walshes. Knock on wood, Jim and Cindy are wonderful people and I hope they stay happily married forever. Mm-hmm. Guess we'll just have to wait and find out. But yeah, they're good at co-parenting. And we've already talked about how Brandon is Archie. <laughs> I mean, you haven't lived until you experienced the highs and lows of high school football. Another thing I was going to say about the race, well, it was really after the race and after they, like, won, uh, Steve does a peel out in his Corvette. And it actually looked really cool. And that was definitely Ian Ziering and... Um, Jason Priestley in that car. So they just like, I don't know. I can't make those noises. <laughs> it looked I just, like you almost lost control. Yeah. Oh, that would have been so like, bad. He weaved a little bit there. The, it was like he did the peel out and he's like, a little bit of a fishtail. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I just love Wardlow coming up to them and being like, we won. The cops come really fast. Bye. <laughs> yeah. He like throws the money at him. Now go. <laughs> <laughs> Fly, you fools. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think this is the next scene where we're in the peach pit and that's when Dylan's trying to warn Steve of it being a scam. And Brandon's all like, well, gambling just makes sense. No, I had said it like before the scene, I paused it or maybe it was a commercial break or whatever. But I was like, it's kind of interesting that Brandon is supposed to be this Boy Scout and like the voice of reason and all these things. And he's usually pointing everybody in the right direction. So it kind of feels like when he's sitting here being like, Steve, it's a sure thing. We can make $1,500 or $3,000. Like, it kind of makes sense to me that people are going to go along with it if, like, he's supposed to be the voice of reason on the show. That's true. If he's supposed to be the one that, like, I guess makes the quote-unquote right decision or is, is, like, Mm -hmm. the safe guy or or reliable or whatever, yeah, it, it actually does make sense that more people would be like, well, if Brandon's cool, then I'm cool with it. And then, like, you know, it's not like Steve wasn't already kind of a sports gambler. Like, we've already Mm -hmm. seen him do all of that stuff. Nobody really listens to Dylan the first time Dylan tells them something's bad news. Yep. And then, I mean, Andrea is just amazing, and people need to listen to her more because even this scene starts with her coming into the peach pit being like, it's about time we heard a woman's voice on the radio. I know. Yeah, she was all excited for Donna, and she's like, hey, hey, feminism, yeah. <laughs> I would like an iced tea, please. Yeah. <laughs> she's so cute, because I would also want an iced tea. I just love it. Like, she got the iced tea, and then she went over, because as soon as she gets there, everybody leaves. <laughs> I know. I noticed <laughs> that, too. I didn't write it down, but I definitely noticed that and felt so bad. Well, the only reason I paid attention to it was because she, like, gets her iced tea and then she immediately picks it up to go over to the jukebox and then is very clearly sitting behind everyone, like, listening to them talking about sports gambling mm-hmm. with her iced tea. Like, I know. Her eavesdropping skills were, like, horrible because <laughs> she was literally, like, like I don't know, from – I can't demonstrate this <laughs> over a video call, but she was so close to them. And she was staring. She was, like, what are you <laughs> she was just about? <laughs> She was just standing at the jukebox. Like, she wasn't selecting anything. I didn't hear music playing, but I could have been missing that. And, like, very clearly, like, her ear was just, like, inching towards Brandon. 
I know. And then she just steps in like like you could like she might as well have just been part of the conversation. Oh, and I love when she just lays down the law and was just like, you guys are going to go do sports racing when I just got hit by a car. And they were like, that's true. Oops. My bad. I guess at least on the one hand, because like Andrea was kind of like, uh, like clearly upset about it. And then at least the guys were like, yeah, sorry, we didn't think of it like that. I mean, they still do it anyway, so it's whatever. But at least they like are more considerate of her feelings. Well, and that's the thing is they kind of like mock her trauma and she was just like, um, fuck both of you. And then they're like, you're right. Fuck us. Yeah, we suck. (laughs) I just loved it. Like, I loved that she like laid the smack down and Brandon was like, oh, I didn't think about the fact that you're traumatized. And Steve was like, I'm sorry. I'm a little bitch. Mm hmm. Like, yeah, you kind of are. But it doesn't stop them. And they still go to the race. Yeah. Yeah, they still go. And well, but first they're back in in shop detention and because this is basically when Dylan had warned him that like, watch next time you see him, he's going to ask you for more money. And he does. He he specifically like in detention asked Steve like if he'll um, foot the bill or not. That's not what he says, but like basically pay for more gambling. And Steve's like, oh, yeah. You're just trying to scam me or like whatever he says, but he still does it. Like, that's the thing, I guess, because Brandon convinces him. Yeah, because Brandon was just like, no, I'll put in 200. You put in 1300. It's totally (laughs) fair and even. I mean, but like what's so funny about that is like. I mean, I guess it's all it all comes out fine because you're still putting 200. And if you win, you get 400 and Steve would get whatever. But still, it's like. I don't know. The bigger the risk, the bigger the reward sometimes that so you'd think Brandon would want to go more. I I don't know. No, I mean, let's be honest. Brandon is still getting into his gambling addiction. So he went from 40 to 200. So we got to get there. That's true. We'll I will there. say, too, I can clearly see like it's making more and more sense that Brandon would be obsessed with money um, and not necessarily from a rich like trying to be rich standpoint, but just more of the he always wants to make sure he has it because he always mm. talks about, do you know, like, I think he says at one point when he, when they got the $200 or something, he was like, do you know how long it would take me to make this at the peach pit? But he's always had the job and he's always wanted the job. And then he works at the beach club and then he wanted to pay for his own car. So it's almost like, I think he likes the security of money. And I can absolutely relate to that on such a high level because it's like, I'm so worried. I'm just going to run out of money one day and I won't know what to do with myself. So I can, not that I would start gambling necessarily, but I can at least see the obsession with, oh, well, if I just give up this little bit, do my research or whatever, it can grow super fast and then I'll be okay. Yeah. And I mean, I think they talk about it on the 90210 show. I think that's where I got this, but who knows in my amount of research that I don't write down and just stick in my back pocket for later. Um, I think they talk about it. No, maybe they just talked about it on the show. Um, (laughs) Brandon like understands the value of money because he's had a job versus everybody else. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure this is how they were deciding which twin to send to college. It was like, well, Brandon knows what money is Mm -hmm. and it's not wrong. And like, I think that's why it's most interesting to me that he's willing to gamble it all away because that's kind of my perspective on it is like, I need to have a job so that I can make money. I need to work so that I can make this money. And then it's like, well, you should gamble. And I'm like, I have $1. Mm-hmm. I will go to the penny slots 
and no higher. I don't remember if it was the last episode that Nikki broke up with him because we took a little time off in between recording, but I feel like I already want to revise my how many girls Brandon dates to be like, no, no, Brandon dates race cars. (laughs) (laughs) He found a new love. No, he's going to get super into sports betting for like baseball or something like this is this is going to be his thing. Yeah, I can see that for sure. But okay, so I think this is the point where, okay, yeah, this is where Brandon basically convinces Steve to still go through with it. And Dylan's there and he's always got a cup of coffee somehow. And I love that that's an identifier of Dylan is that he just loves coffee. But then we get back to the Walsh house and we have a wonderful makeup montage um, for Kelly and Brenda. And it's adorable and I love it. And then they come downstairs because the Princeton boys are here. Okay, so I was not paying attention to the guest stars when they listed at the top of the episode, and I almost screamed when I saw <laughs> Seth Green. Like, I saw his name in the beginning. Oh my, I did not see his name. I was not paying attention to the names on the screen, and I was dying. And it's so funny to me because, like, what, this is 1993, and he's playing a super dorky Princeton schoolboy. Mm-hmm. And then I think in 1998 is when he first shows up on Buffy and he's Oz. <laughs> I just love that Seth Green's on the show. It made me so happy. It was it's so, so cute. He had such the classic like 90s, like starting to be grunge hairstyle, you know, it was so cute. But yeah, they're just like, what the hell, mom? <laughs> I love that they try and get out of it, and Cindy's just like, mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. And then Jim is standing there like, oh, my God, I can't wait to tell Brandon. <laughs> right? He's, like, already prepared to, like, bro it up with Brandon. Be like, look what your sister did. <laughs> like, serious, I feel like if smartphones had existed at this point, like, Jim would just be in the back, like, filming the whole thing, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I could so see, like, instead of iPhones, it being the phones where you could text without looking, and you're just, like, <laughs> just in his pocket, the like, whole time. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. <laughs> Your sister's going on a date with a 14-year-old or however old they are. Like, oh, my God. I could so, so see that. Also, okay, so I think it's a little before this when they're at school because I wrote down the – Real quick, that Donna had that whole thing where she was like, jockey for her, BVD for her, da-da-da-da for her. I don't see maiden form for him. And then David got mad. And I was like, bro, she's right. But then Kelly makes a comment that she hasn't had a date in a year. Did she say a year or all year? If it was all year, it would be like a week. Oh, fair. happened in January. Yeah. So I think she said in a year. I actually had subtitles on, so I really hope I wrote this down right. But, yeah, that was what confused me because I was like, what about Dylan, like, two months ago? I mean, she's got to keep up the charade because technically Brenda doesn't know that they cheated. So I was just like, ouch, Dylan. Yeah. You actually had a date and you still don't even get to be in there. But, yeah, then they go (laughs) to this arcade, which if this date had actually been a date and not just like them – chaperoning and babysitting two boys at an arcade eating chili cheese fries I feel like an arcade arcade date would be really fun oh totally I mean technically I would love that. 
technically Brenda and Kelly just had a date together. Like, yeah, they got themselves mm-hmm. some Diet Cokes and those giant drinks. Then they played their game. They won a bunch of stuff. They took pictures together. They got it was all dressed adorable. up. It was so cute. That arcade There's- made me so nostalgic for Star Time. I know. I miss arcades. I forget. Oh, gosh. What was the place called? Oh, you said yours was like Star Time or something. I think ours was called Sunshine's Playland, <laughs> which sounds way creepier. <laughs> but it also had like all the like tunnels and like the ball pits and like, you know, it was like a little thing that also had an arcade. Uh, anywho. Yeah, that <laughs> arcade. But also, what was the game Kelly and Brenda played? Oh, I don't know. Because... Brenda says it, and then I went to the 90210 wiki, and they mention it in, in the trivia to say that she pronounced it incorrectly. Oh, no. <laughs> and I meant to write it down, and I didn't. There was one part in the beginning when they first show up, and they're – well, I guess it's not when they first show up because I think um, – what are their names? Adam. Wayne? Wyatt. Wendell. Mary, I think you're Wardlow. Damn it, I muted myself again. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's Wayne and Adam, okay. and I don't know which one's which. That's fine. Wayne and Adam, when they're th- playing the X Men game, I think Kelly just again, like I'm telling you, this is why what I like about you was such a great idea because Jenny Garth is so good with like subtle comedy and blatant comedy. But anyway, <laughs> this like she's she looks at Brenda at one point totally serious and just goes. We're gonna die in here, Brenda. <laughs> and it <laughs> cracked me up. And it was such a small little line, but mm, she's just she's just got good delivery. I just loved the part where they were like, "We're almost done. We're on the tenth level. It's the highest that any man has ever been." And then they go, "Level 11. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's how that's yeah. how it starts. Because then she uh, one of them's like, "You know, we're going where no man has gone." And then Kelly's like. Well, who knows if there's a hundred eleventh or a thousand eleventh? They've got they're going where no man's gone before. We're gonna die in here, Brenda. <laughs> so funny. I love them so much. Just date each other. Seriously, though, like we just need that friends to lovers trope. Is that a thing? Oh, it's definitely a thing. Okay, okay. I I was gonna say that's like every single like. I think it happens a little more in hour long dramas, but it definitely happens in comedies too. When you think of like. Uh, the Big Bang Theory people, um, mm-hmm. Bones and not Bones. <laughs> I cannot think of anyone's names. That is not on 90210. <laughs> oh my God. Bones and not Bones. What is his name? I don't know. <laughs> it's David Boreanis. What is his name? Booth. Booth, yes. <laughs> I wasn't gonna get there, so. Oh my god, that's so funny. Then we go. Then we go back to the street racing, and yep. like it's the part of the street race where everybody opens their hoods, so you can all look inside the hoods. And that's when like Brandon realizes that this guy has stars hanging from his uh, rearview mirror, mm-hmm. and that's when the two of them are like inside the hood of his car being like okay i'm gonna distract them you're gonna call the cops and then somehow brandon also has time to go get andrea but i'm cool with it yeah and he like runs away and he does his weird brandon run where it's like 
his run it's and i don't mean this in in a bad way it just he almost looks like he's running in slow motion but i think it's because he's taking such large strides well he wants to compensate for being short exactly and so he's like running and it looks very slow but he somehow gets there fast but my favorite part is when he crawls in through the window of his car (laughs) (laughs) of course I just, I love the whole idea of they're like, no, we're going to do it. And then I feel like Brandon's like, you can't stall them that long. And Steve is just like, watch me. What's your favorite brand of air freshener? <laughs> oh my gosh. To bring it back to Fast and the Furious. Uh, did y'all see, I have no idea when it was. Who knows what time even is anymore. But a few weeks ago, I think Chrissy Teigen like tweeted and she was like yeah i was like my tits were in a fast and the furious movie i did not see that i didn't either (laughs) yeah i think it's tokyo drift she tweets too much i'll never go back and find it but she like tweeted that she was one of the girls at the drag races in one of the fast and the furious movies and it was either two or tokyo drift i think it was tokyo drift and she's supposed to be like one of the hot girls in the really tiny skirts and the like tits out and everything getting out of a car and then they cut her head off oh so you couldn't tell it was her but she was just like tweeting about it and she was like oh i was wearing a hot pink bra and then like somebody went and got their movie and took a screen grab of it and was like this you (laughs) (laughs) wow wow good for her gotta get credit just she should get residuals for that (laughs) She's like, no one will ever prove it was me, but it was me. And then someone was like, <laughs> I found your boobs. Because <laughs> that was like Steve's last stalling argument was they got ready to go to the drag race. And he's like, your girlfriend is calling this race. Oh, yeah. He like gets out of the car really furiously. I was like, I thought he was just quitting and getting mad. Well, because then the guy like gives him shit about his mom buying him things because he's not 30. Yeah. And you, and Lord knows you don't poke a bear when it comes to its mama bear because Steve is the most protective over Samantha Sanders. I love how much he is protective of her. Like, I don't remember who exactly he was talking to, but he was like, she adopted me and loved me when no one else would. You don't talk shit about Samantha Sanders. Yeah, it was to Frank Padilla, to the bad guy. All of the men in this show started to blend together. It's true. Yeah, but I do love how protective he is because like, I don't know. That's no one could ever be mad at somebody for just like loving their mom. (laughs) And that's just another feather in Steve's 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 cap. (laughs) Yeah, because then he decides that they're going to this is when they decide to like play chicken. And then Mm -hmm. Dylan races over to get in the middle of chicken because that's such a great idea. I know. I was like, I mean, I don't really know how else you would stop it, but like, surely just like running your car right smack dab in the middle of it is not a great way to do it, but I guess it worked. So I'm just saying in Fast and the Furious 7, they played chicken and they crashed. Because that makes sense. they're men and they went straight at each other. So if Dylan did that, it wouldn't have worked. Yep. Means Dylan is the bravest, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, or he's the stupidest. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
best at chicken. <laughs> yeah. He's the chickenist. But yeah, then he like cuts off the race. The cops show up. Somehow Padilla knows that they set him up. <laughs> like that. I- I'm glad you made the connection because I wouldn't have in this situation. Yeah. But oh my god, but it was so cute when like Dylan goes over to Steve and Steve is like overcome with emotion. He's just like, Dylan, and then Dylan just hugs him. He's like, I know, man. It was so sweet. Like, that's the kind of like human emotion I think we're all here for. Like, that was so well done. Like, it was so beautiful. It was so, he like. Holds his little curly head and it's like, I know, man. <laughs> like, this was a great episode for friendship. I wish it could be A for friendship because that's what I would give it, but it doesn't make sense. I know. I couldn't actually think of an A, but I was going to. I just it wrote a big capital A, but. Yeah. A for Andrea finds out that Padilla hit her with his car. <laughs> a for all the friends. I really loved that this episode essentially ends with Audrey being like, they read him his Miranda rights, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad they keep her so true. Like she is the most true on brand character. Like we, we got to make sure. Cause I want this to be by the book. (laughs) Like I I love her. It's so perfect. Cause like running up to the scene of him being arrested and saying, I've never been more sure that that's the man that hit me when you were blacked out. Yeah. Not exactly by the book, but then like, but he has been properly booked into jail, correct? Yes. Like he has been processed and read his rights and he knows that he has a right to an attorney. <laughs> and if he can't afford one, one will be appointed to him. <laughs> bum, bum. Jump, jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to say the one thing that made me down about this episode because I don't want to ruin it. No. A- I'll leave it. I'll leave it for later. <laughs> I'm trying to make something interesting a for Mirandria's rights oh that's not bad I like that I'm, one I'm not proud of it I'm I'm pretty proud I thought that was good I was originally gonna say a for David Ayers the director of the Fast and the Furious oh no <laughs> no he was <laughs> a for addiction comma gambling I always got to do the commas. A for arcade. Ooh, okay. A for auto shop. The tension. (laughs) I was so sad that that wasn't Steve showing up for first period in auto shop. Oh, I know. He would, that would be one he'd get an A in. I know, right? Like, surely he doesn't need to retake that one. But yeah, so yeah, all around great episode. I think we all agree. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. I loved every minute of it. I want to watch it again. Yeah, it might be one of my favorites. Like top five, I'd probably say. Yeah, same. Just because, again, I think you were so right. You said it earlier. We just got so much more focus on the friend aspect. Like we had zero. I mean, David and Donna, but it wasn't about their relationship. It was just about their, it was more about their hobbies and, and things like that. But it was just the first episode I felt like we've had in a while where it didn't focus on any romance at all and was purely about these friends who have such a good tight-knit group. But then you also kind of see them pair off in different friend groups too within mm-hmm. the friend group. Yeah, and we got a Donna and Dylan, which I don't think we've seen before. Mm-mm. I don't either. 
So yeah, yeah that I was at first I thought it was going to be awkward and it was a little bit at first only because like, but it was on purpose, right? Because Dylan was kind of sulking about the whole thing about the whole, um, thruple timeshare deal. And, uh, but then Donna's like, no, Dylan snap out of it. And it was good. Focus on my problems right now. Yes. Now that we've seen the greatest episode of season three, what do we have next week? Do we I'm know? I'm working on it. Midlife. Dot, dot, uh, dot. Now what? You. Wait, really? Midlife. Dot, dot, dot. Now what? Yep. Huh. Okay, so let's let's put our theories out there. Do we think it's going to be... They're all talking about what they're going to do with their li- their lives. Like maybe they take a, one of those career aptitude tests. I think it's going to be one of the married couples, one of the adult couples. And I think in keeping with the theme of this week's episode with the car racing, that maybe someone hits their midlife crisis and like buys a new something Maybe, like, Jim buys a two-seater and Cindy's just like, but what if I want more babies? <laughs> more babies? <laughs> I so, think yeah. next week episode is about Nat. Oh. Ooh. We haven't had like a Nat that. episode in a while. You're right. And he's he's kind of old, right? <laughs> <laughs> you could say he's in his midlife. So now what? <laughs> <laughs> And with that, <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at back to podcast. Yeah. And also, if you didn't know by now, you can also send us an email um, with any feedback, no matter what it is. Uh, please do, because we really appreciate it. It's at back to podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five star rating and review and we will shout you out on the show. And subscribe to us. Share us with your friends. What else are you doing in quarantine other than listening to us? (laughs) What else is there? (laughs) I mean, really, tell me. I'm so bored. Eli's about it. So from all of us at Back to Podcasts, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) 